Hello, hello. Welcome to the Clavicle, your soon-to-be favorite podcast brought to you by your soon-to-be favorite hosts. <laughs> <laughs> such an idiot. One episode, you could, we could do a behind-the-scenes one day and then include all these stupid things. And this is Safe, my co-host. Safe, say hello. Hello, guys. So it's been a hot minute, guys. We know we've been away for so long, and um, I hope you guys have been staying well, healthy, and all right. And I don't know, Safe. So where have you been hiding? What's been up with you? Yeah. So <laughs> we've been away for so long. Probably it's been more than two months since we last uploaded our third episode so we're sorry that we've been keeping the fourth episode away from you guys for so long probably you've missed us we hope so um but actually a lot has been going on uh, both for me and for mono um so during um like close to the time where we recorded our third episode uh, it was almost my finals period and i um you know i got so busy with the finals and right after my finals I started my research internship where I had to travel again to Germany, and it was quite a hard time um, because actually, and um, I don't know if that's funny or whatever, um, I had some kind of a corona situation in my apartment in Germany, in Munich, where one of my flatmates caught corona, which basically left me stranded for literally a whole month, just like going around from one hotel to another, to subletting other rooms until I finally decided that maybe this is not really working out or he is not recovering um, quickly. So I decided to come back here in Abu Dhabi. And yeah, now we have the time to finally record again our podcast and discuss the so many different issues that, is, that have been happening for the past two or three months. And yeah, that's all from my side. What about you, Mona? Where have you been hiding? So I've just been busy with life. Um, <laughs> it's been a lot, you guys. It's been a lot to cope with. Um, it has mostly been a lot of administrative stuff, um, things with regards to my studies and work, and lastly, you know, my stay here. So with the coronavirus, obviously, some things had to change, and that just took away a lot of my time and my energy. But I'm happy to say that, you know, we always come back stronger and ready to move on. So um, before we start with this topic today, I'd like to give a disclaimer because what we're going to be talking about mostly is what's happening in the USA, especially with regards to um, the political front and the elections. However, my disclaimer is that I am actually a silent party in this episode today because I am politically neutral. Therefore, um, I am just going to be asking questions that will be leading for SAFE in order for him to navigate through this topic and inform us. 
so yeah, I hope this is entertaining for you guys in as much as we also find it fun to record it and we'll get right on with it. Are you ready, Safe? I am ready. I actually forgot to mention, I don't want to sound insensitive, that my flatmate who got the corona finally recovered. So that's something. And as for today's topic, yes, I am ready. I have um, personally not been, at least I don't come from such a very political, active uh, country, to be honest. But I feel that now we are past the moment where we say, where, where we even think that discussing Donald Trump or discussing the politics in the US should actually be considered politics or should actually be considered political talk since it's literally affecting everyone around the world. And it's been such a hot topic. Everyone is talking about it now. The elections are only less than a week away. So I felt it's appropriate to let you guys like know what's our take on it. So yeah, I'm ready. Great. So um, from the few things that I've gathered from the internet, I do know that the way political candidates campaign in the USA is quite different from other countries. I do know that they start running for, like when they start running for president, they start campaigning more than a year before the election and they spend billions of dollars into this. Um, can you elaborate a little bit more on this? Yes. So if you're unfamiliar with the, um, to the audience, not you, <laughs> if you're unfamiliar with the American presidential election system, then probably you may want to skip like the next few minutes. But if you're clueless, then please tune in. So the U.S. has been ruled by two parties, kind of two parties, for um, yeah, for a pretty long time. Um, although other political parties exist, like the Libertarians and the Green Party, but the U.S. is technically a two-party system of Democrats and Republicans. <clears throat> um, Republicans are more conservative, more religious, and like to view themselves as more nationalistic or more patriotic while Democrats will view themselves as more liberal, more progressive, and a lot more accepting of different ethnicities, colors, immigrants, and so on. You know how it works. However, both parties many times seem um, a lot similar in many of their foreign relations. So now that we're done like with the basics, the US elections involve having um, each of those two parties nominating one candidate, right? Normally an influx of candidates starts, um, they start campaigning, and then they keep shrinking down and dropping out when they see it's not their time, um, they don't have enough money, or they're just losing. And money is a really important factor with the campaigning in the U.S. So both parties hold primaries, the Republican primary and the Democratic primary, which gets spread out over seven or eight months, where people uh, registered as Democrats or Republicans, they get to go to the candidate that they like to be um, to represent their party and to be on the ticket. So normally, when a Republican president, for example, is in his first time in office, like what we're having now, he decides to run again for president. Um, so Democrats get to have more contested elections to um, between like their candidates to see who's going to be on the ticket to face the incumbent president, which is exactly like we're, we're having this year. Um, however, when a president is already in his second term and final term, um, in the office, both parties hold elections to elect the person that they would want to nominate to represent their party and take on the other party's nominee. So that's briefly why the 2020 elections in the U.S. have kind of started nine months ago, because we have elections within the party itself 
And then later on, once they decide who's the person going to be on the ticket to face the other nominee from the other party, we get to have the kind of national election. Mm. Okay. So how exactly is that different, you know, between the U.S. and other nations? What's very different in here is that, very importantly, the U.S. Constitution does not let the person who earns the most votes win the presidency, which is pretty different from so many other countries. Um, unlike France, for example, which is a presidential system, once you win the popular vote, you get to be president once you get more than 50%. But in the U.S., it's different. They have something called an electoral college. And the electoral college collects electoral votes, where each state has a specified number of electoral votes, depending, in theory, on the size of the state. That's why we see the three biggest states within the electoral college to be California, Texas, and Florida in this order, as these three states in that order have the highest population density in the U.S. So some states, however, are not even represented in the electoral college, like the capital, D.C., and Puerto Rico. And I forgot Can to I mention... Can I ask a stupid question? Yeah, go ahead. Puerto Rico is a state? Yeah, that's what US. I was going to get to. Like, the, well, they are not. They are, these states, although they have high population than other states, which are actually states, but they are not actually states. So the U.S. has 50 states right now. Um, Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico and other places are not represented as states, unfortunately which is a whole, like, it's a whole other topic, but maybe we should get to that later. But anyway, so that's why presidents in the U.S. do not have to have won the popular vote in order to become president. They mainly need to win some battle, um, battlefield states, as they call them, or battleground fields. Um, these are the swing states, which means every four years, they might swing and vote Republican or vote Democrat. And these states include Michigan, um, so Michigan, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Ohio, Georgia, and even Florida sometimes. In 2016, Trump lost to Hillary Clinton in the popular vote. That is, so Clinton actually got 66, around 66 million votes, where Trump got only 63 million votes. Yet he still won the presidency as he won a lot of those swing states. So... Like now that we're done with this history lesson, the U.S. in actually less than a week is going to have the 2020 presidential election, where Trump, the incumbent Republican president, is going to face Joe Biden, the Democratic nominee and the former vice president for, for President Obama. Both of these presidents are very, very old. And no matter who wins, the winner will be the oldest president to ever rule the United States of America. You actually hear the name Bernie Sanders a lot, right? And he, he is a progressive Democrat who tried to get the Democratic nomination and face Donald Trump in 2016, but Clinton did. He tried to face Trump in 2020, but Joe Biden did because basically he lost the Democratic primary. He lost the nomination of the Democratic Party. So right now, what we're having, why is this actually a pretty important election is that the U.S. is the most infected country in the world with corona. We are uh, recording this episode on Thursday, October 29. And as of now, the U.S. has already exceeded 9 million cases. Um, Trump's terms seem to have some economic booming at the start, but the corona's economic recession pushed it to literally the rock bottom, as they call it. He is seen as someone who failed to manage a crisis 
that actually so many countries seem to have controlled or to have controlled much better than the US to say the least. He is seen as an outsider, as a businessman. Um, he doesn't sugarcoat words and many, many times he's just bluntly rude to people or reporters. Um, that's probably actually one of the reasons some of the uh, Republicans like him. A whole BLM movement started under his watch and he called them looters and terrorists, just like he called immigrants back in 2015, rapists and drug dealers. The US as a country has probably never seen such a division since their civil war. And according to so many analysts, he's one of the reasons for this division, or at least the fact that he repeatedly and numerously turns a blind eye on so many injustices within the country make him a big part of the problem. And on the other side, we have Joe Biden. So Joe Biden seems to be to so many Americans as some kind of a savior from the mess. I know it's such a cheesy term to say savior, but yeah, some people just view him to be the savior from the mess, the corona mess, the recession mess, the racial injustices mess, the police brutality mess, the child separation at the border mess, the war with China mess, economic war, the hate speech mess, basically the Trump mess. Um, Democrats chose him because they thought he won before with Obama, so he might as well win again this time. And to be honest, there's a very high chance that he does, especially since he picked Kamala Harris as his vice presidential nominee, a black and a half Indian American woman, which is considered to be a historic pick, according to the many. Actually, the polling numbers are definitely in Biden and Harris' favor more than the Trump-Pence campaign. Um, correct me if, my, if I'm wrong, but I think in 2016, almost all news outlets showed that, you know, Clinton's polls were a lot higher than Trump. And I think the New York Times model actually predicted that Clinton stood a chance of 91% to win that election, but that didn't happen, did it? That's like actually a very good point because Polls always aim to carry some kind of statistical evidence where you ask a large amount of large enough number of people who could reflect a good um, a good statistical significance. However, polls are never 100% accurate. And just like how you mentioned in 2016, the almost all of them predicted Clinton winning, but we ended up in, with Trump in office. So yeah. Interesting. So um, say Trump loses. Is he going to accept the results? What do you think? Um, his administration has been repeatedly accused of intimidating voters and the voter suppression with, you, we see it in Georgia, 10 hour long lines in highly contested places, which are considered to be the, battle, the battleground or the swing states, like we said before. So the US, although the elections start in, um, um, on next, next Tuesday, November 3rd, however, most of those states have early voting. So, so many, people have already tried, shown up and um, started voting and they see they're basically getting suppressed with like 10 hour voting lines. So to be honest, whether or not Trump is going to accept the results, um, I have been reading and hearing a lot about something called the blue shift. And it's actually quite interesting. I actually find it, found it like pretty interesting to me personally because a lot of Trump's voters and supporters do not believe, or at least they do not care a lot about Corona, at least at the start, right? So these people who, these are the kind of people who are gonna actually go to the polls on November 3rd and vote in person. 
a lot of Democrats will decide to vote by mail, which in so many states cannot be counted, even if they were sent early, um, unless after November 3rd. So these mail-in ballots do take more time to count because I guess they have some sort of like verification, signature verification, and so on. So I personally predict, and of course I might be wrong, but I predict that initial results are going to show that Trump won, uh, which is something called the Red Mirage, because his votes are probably going to be counted first because like his people go there, they vote in person, so these their votes are going to be counted first. So he's going to show up um, that initially Trump won in those states, especially those battleground states or the swing states. However, later on, and by later I mean maybe days later or a week or two afterwards, when other mail-in ballots are counted, they'll show that Biden is winning. Um, Trump, like he already did, is going to call those um, new upcoming influx of votes for Biden fraudulent. And I think it's very, very plausible that he will share a lot of conspiracy theories accusing domestic and foreign intervention to make Biden win. So yes, I think after the blue shift, Biden could win the elections. But the question is, what is Trump going to do? I personally doubt that he'll accept the results um, if he loses, because he's already like mentioned this a couple of times. He'll contest this, the, the legitimacy, and he might even take it to court. Something that could be very bad, because as you probably heard, over the past two or three weeks, um, <clears throat> Trump appointed a new justice to the Supreme Court. He actually, Trump appointed three Supreme Court justices in his term. Hence, he kind of stuffed the court with conservative judges who could pretty well side with him when needed. Well, thank you so much, Saif. That was quite a lot to take in, very informative. And Guys, that brings us to the end of today's main topic. And I guess we will all wait and see what's going to play out. And I bet you would agree with me that this is going to be quite historic. And it seems to be something important in modern history. And we'll see how it plays out. What do you think, Safe? Yes, yeah, I totally believe that too. I think it's a... Um could be a very historic election and actually one of the most important ones in the modern history of the U.S. of A. And now, if you're listening to us and you're not American, um, now you probably have a better idea of what's going on. If you're American, then you probably have heard a lot about this over the news. Okay, guys. So thank you so much. That will be it from us. And you'll be hearing from us, well, as in a new episode very soon probably next week have a great stay stay healthy and um let us know what you think about the podcast please rate us on um apple on itunes please do yes um, and we'd love to hear we're also on on spotify well i would just wanted to briefly mention that we've kind of decided to um, kind of shift how we are uh, making or recording those podcasts because we thought they are getting so long um with like the 40 minutes or the 40 plus minute podcast so now we're just like stripping them down shortening them to just one topic per person of about 20 minutes or maybe less so that you'll get a, like a better chance of actually listening to it and yeah let us know if you like this or if you like the older way mm -hmm. so you can reach out to us on 
our social media handles we'll leave them in the description boxes and because yeah it would be great to hear some feedback and yeah okay guys bye bye